This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. You're listening to America's Web Radio. And now time for the Classic Car Show with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber. Good morning and welcome to America's Web Radio. We've got a heck of a show going on today and it's coming from my home state, Texas. And it can't be anything but great if it's from Texas. And we've got uh, Dick's Classic Car Museum and uh, the curator, Tom... uh, Tom, Tom, Tom. Tom Fortney. Fortney. I just I missed his name there for some reason. Anyway, we've got him on the line, and I'm going to turn the show over to Steve and Jim and uh, put Tom on the hot seat. I hope he's ready to answer that. I think Steve's got something like uh, 102 different questions, all hardballs. So uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll go with that. Tom, you okay? Yeah, I'm here. Good, good. Well, I'm going to turn the show over to Jim and uh, Steve and let them rip into you. We're going to, by the way, we'll take uh, a couple of breaks uh, at the quarter hours at about 14 after, 29 after, and about 44 after. So uh, uh, just sort of know that we're going to break on you there. All right. Sounds good. Hey, hey, Tom, it's Jim. Uh, Good morning. Good morning. You are in San Marcos, if I remember rightly. That is correct, yes. Good. And you, how close are you to the interstate? Are you right on the interstate? Uh, we're about um, uh, just a little under a mile from the interstate. Okay. All right. I just want to give our listeners an idea of how accessible you are as they're running Where's up and San down. Marcos? It's between... Uh, it's Marcus, be- not Marcos. Marcus. 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 C-U-S? Yeah. yeah. No, C-O-S. It's, it's C-O-S. It's C-O-S. It's C-O-S, but we yeah. say C-U-S. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's like Houston and Houston. It just depends upon where you are. Anyway, yeah. um, it's you're north of New Braunfels and south of Austin, correct? That is correct, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah we're yeah. about almost the, halfway between Austin and San Antonio. Yeah. Um, in the hill country. It, it, well, sort of. A beautiful college there up on a hill, and oh, yeah. it's a lovely town, and, and all these Yankees are moving in there now because it's a nice place to live. Yes, that is true. Right. Well, first of all, I have one question, and then we'll let Steve get into his 102. But please tell us about Mr. Burdick and how he started the museum, and take it from there and give us a little history. Well, um, uh, Mr. Burdick is is a great individual and kind of the classic um, American dream kind of story. Uh, He was a, a GI Bill in World War II got out after the war, went to college, got his engineering degree, went to Houston and started working for DuPont. Um, developed a compound in his garage uh, called Thermon. It's a heat transfer cement for um, petrochemical use. Uh, went to DuPont, asked them if they were interested, and they said they weren't. So he borrowed $20 from his grocer and started the company in his garage. Wow. Um, I started. I saw the first uh, uh, accounting sheet in about $200 worth of assets. It was a wheelbarrow and a couple of buckets and a bathtub and some product. And uh, from there, he built the company up to a, a multinational um, corporation, retired a few years ago. But back in uh, 1979, he was in Oklahoma attending a, uh, a petrochemical um, conference. And one of his reps for the Oklahoma area, um, he was talking to the gentleman, and, and uh, Dick was a great salesman, and, and he was trying to get the guy to carry more product. 
And uh, the, the gentleman said, well, I, I can't. My warehouse is full. I've got, you know, this and this and this, and I've got this 1927 Model T in my warehouse. And, and um, Mr. Burdick's brother used to race Model Ts back in the day, and so um, Dick said, well, you know, let's go take a look at your warehouse and see if we can find some space. Went, looked at that Model T, and ended up trading some of the Thermon product for, um, for the Model T. Uh, that kind of gave him the bug and got him going, and that was the first car he picked up. So in 1980, he started the museum. Uh, which at that point was the Central Texas Museum of Automotive History, which is a mouthful. But uh, we operated that museum up until about two and a half years ago. Uh, we opened our new facility here in uh, San Marcos about five years ago. Are you there? Yeah. Okay. All right. And according to what I understand, you have 44,000 square feet. Yep. Yep. Under roof here. And, uh, and, and 80 cars on display. Yeah, actually, I think we're right up to 83 right now. We keep trying to squeeze more and more in. So. Wow. Well, in a little while, probably after a break, we're going to ask you to kind of start with the uh, 1901 Curve Dash Oles and take us up through the brass car era. Um, and I'm going to turn it over to Steve at that time because Steve is a big, big brass car enthusiast. Oh, but excellent. I also notice you have four Duesenbergs. Yes, we do. Um, J's and SJ's, or Model A, or what? What are they? Uh, we've got three J's and one SJ. Wow! And uh, can you give us a little history on those cars? Uh, well, we've got a, a, a Bowman and Schwartz. It's a 1929. Beautiful. Um, and and it's absolutely a gorgeous car. And that one's got some. They, you know, Duesenberg. They all have an interesting history. Uh, that's one of the great things about the, those cars is they they're always uh, just neat stories um and the the story is that uh, the bowman and schwartz was actually built by durham and it was in catalina island and it slipped off the boat coming back from catalina and then they fished it out of the the bay and, and sent it to bowman and schwartz now i've talked to a few people and they're not quite sure if that really happened or not but that was kind of one of the stories that got tagged to that car um but it's an absolutely beautiful gold um gorgeous example of bowman and schwartz uh, then we've got a, uh, a Murphy. Oh, uh, wow. Collection. That's yeah. the most beautiful. Mur- I think Murphy of, of the, the U.S. coach builders is the most beautiful. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely beautiful. And it's, it's, the, uh, the, it's our SJ. It's, it's the only supercharged one we have. Right. Um, and then we've got a, uh, that's a 33. We've got a 33 um, uh, Frenet, which is the only one in the States. Actually, only two surviving Frenet Duesenbergs. Right. Um, Frenet from, from France. Correct. Uh, it's a. It's called the Queen of Diamonds just because of the history that one has with it. Okay. Uh, absolutely incredible car. And then we've got a 1930 Willoughby that was uh, ordered by a gangster out of Chicago. Wow. Uh, Willoughby was in Buffalo, New York, if I remember rightly. Yes. Yeah, that's yeah. correct. Yeah. Uh, and this car originally was steel-plated in the back. Oh, <laughs> jeepers. <laughs> well, Steve grew up in that uh, neighborhood and is quite familiar with all of those uh, characters up there in the uh, Buffalo area, and uh, he was known as Stevie up there. So, yeah, yeah. by many of them. <laughs> yes, uh, the Bohm and or Bowman and Schwartz one was that the Wrigley Duesenberg when it was on Catalina Island. No, no, okay. it wasn't. And and, and um, the only reason I know that we have a gentleman that comes in uh, lives in San Antonio that spent a lot of time on Catalina, kind of grew up in the area between that and L.A., mm-hmm. and uh, he knows the Wrigley and the family and, and has spoken to a lot of them. He's kind of a, a history fan, and so he, he 
incredible gentleman. I, I, every time he comes in, I spend a couple hours talking to him. Um, and he does a lot of research on the island, and that's, he's the one that I've been talking to about the, the story about the boat uh, slipping off the boat. Okay. And, um, he's checking with everybody he can think of out there, and nobody's been able to dig anything up on if it happened or not. But, no, it wasn't one of the Wrigley ones. Yeah. Well, have you talked to Randy Ema about it? Because Randy's kind of the Duesenberg historian, isn't he? A little bit, yeah. And actually, uh, I was very lucky to meet him. He came in uh, a couple of years ago to the museum uh, to see the Murphy. Uh, actually, Mr. Burdick, that was the second car he bought for the collection uh, when he started the museum in 79 was that, that Murphy. And it's been on display since, and uh, Randy, is, uh, Randy had never seen that one. Uh, he said that was one of four Duesenbergs he'd never seen in person, and so he came by to see it. Wow. Yeah, I had the privilege of meeting him and spending a day in his shop in Orange, California back, oh, I'm going to guess probably 10, 12 years ago, and the files that he has on those cars uh, are, are just very, very thorough. I bet the FBI has a lot of files on their owners. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, there used to be a gentleman named Homer Fetterling that lived outside of South Bend, Indiana, that had a trucking company, and I visited him in the mid-60s. And if I remember correctly, he had 26 Duesenbergs at one time. Wow. So, and uh, I asked Randy about one of them, and uh, Randy knew all about the car. And it was just, that, that, that's how, how sharp he is on Duesenbergs. But anyway, let's, let's talk more about Dick's Classic Garage. I think you probably have, <laughs> excuse me, a lot of stories to tell us. Um, I also see here that Mr. Burdick ran in all 25 of the original great races, and he won five times. Yes, he did. Yeah, he is the winningest driver in great race history. Good heavens. Now, did he actually run one of the great races in his three-liter Bentley? Yes, he, he ran, uh, I don't remember the exact number, but he won three times in that Bentley. Holy smoke. Um, you, you look on the side, and it's covered in, in ace awards and, and uh, first place little tags for every time he got the first, the second, the third. So I know he won definitely uh, three times. I think he had two second places and at least one third place in that vehicle. Wow. And, of course, they've changed the configuration of that race now, and uh, I, I think they've kind of really expanded the boundaries from yeah, when they yeah, started. Yeah, they have a lot of newer cars. Uh, uh, Corky Coker has it. Uh, right, right. And uh, he he was actually one of the rally partners. Um, um, after Tom McRae retired from the race, he sold it to a bunch of the racers. Right. Um, Mr. Mister Burdick was one of them, and actually the race was headquartered here in San Marcos for a few years. And um, I was lucky enough to kind of to work with it a little bit then, and I, I got to go on about five other races uh, just to support. But right. it was a lot of fun. Good. How did you end up getting involved with this and becoming the curator? Uh, I, I would I, I lucked into it. I guess is the best way to put it. Um, I've been with the museum off and on for about nine years now, uh, eight well, eight or nine years. And so uh, when we opened up this facility, I came here and, and started uh, back up again as just kind of helping out in the, the ticket booth and the gift shop, and then um, took over the curator job and uh, just having fun ever since. Yeah, that that's got to be a fun job to do, and when you run events and i notice you've got a community involvement night and you've got a cruise in and stuff but tell us do you also have tours do you bring a lot of kids in we're, youth we're getting groups? there and we're trying it's it's hard to get the school groups in uh, with uh, the 
the school budgets being like they are, they don't have as much room for, for bringing kids out. Okay. Uh, but we, we, we try and we offer, uh, we, I, I actually do the tours myself, and uh, I absolutely love it when the kids come in. Uh, it's a lot of fun, and that's what we're founded at is uh, we're not just a museum, we're actually an educational foundation. So uh, we do as much as we can to get as many school groups in here as we, as we possibly can. Now, you've got a college there, too. Yes. Yeah, and uh, is there any involvement with them, like in the restoration area or things where you bring have them come down and work with you? Uh, not so much. Uh, they don't do a lot of the restoration stuff there. They've got some of the in the engineering and um, departments where they do some um, engine restoration and things like that. Um, but they don't really have a, a restoration group. Uh, we do a lot with the university. Uh, we we do we have a lot of interns that'll come and help out here with the museum, which we we always appreciate. It's a great time, um, and, and as much as we possibly can get involved with them, we do. Oh, that's great. And I, I just, <laughs> one thing surprises me here. You host a variety of events, and it says from weddings. You actually have weddings in the uh, museum? Oh, yeah, yeah. Actually, I, uh, I was here till after midnight last night working a uh, working an event. Um, but, uh, yeah, we do all kinds. We've had, uh, so far, we've had two people actually get married in the museum. Oh, my. And these guys must have been real car guys. Oh, they were. They, it was a blast. Both weddings were asked. It was so much fun. They, they had a great time. And we do a lot of things like uh, we do wedding driveaways uh, where we take one of the old cars out and drive the couple out, um, photo shoots, things like that. And then the events or anything. We've got a, uh, a baby shower today, a birthday party tomorrow uh, booked in the museum too. So. Good heavens. Now, do you have a, a lot of antiques and, and memorabilia and stuff in addition to the cars? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we've got a lot of um, uh, Petrolina stuff, signs, uh, display cabinets with, um, uh, you, you name it. we got a lot in here. So. Good, good. Well, we're going to take a break now, and when we come back, be prepared, because Steve's got 102 questions about the cars, especially the brass era. Excellent, excellent. I will do my best. Okay, stay with us now. Thanks. I will. Do your children know where their food comes from? At ConnectingFarmToFork.com, there's all kinds of ways to help your child understand how 300 million of us here in America stay nourished, clothed, and healthy. Activities, food facts, and farm visits help young people learn about America's hardworking farmers and have lots of fun doing it. Visit ConnectingFarmToFork.com today for a learning experience that will really grow on you. ConnectingFarmToFork.com, brought to you by the people who care at Feedstuff's Food Link. Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. Are you into classic cars? Do you own a classic car? If so, you need to know J.C. Taylor Insurance, the absolute best place in the country for classic car insurance. They own classic cars, they support the industry, and have the best prices bar none. Go to jctaylor.com, get a quote, and tell them you heard about them on Radio Sandy Springs. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. You're live. All right. Tom, Steve Ronaldo, how you doing? Just fine. How are you? Well, okay. Uh, I've been around this these old cars for a, a, a long time, and, and uh, the stuff 
that my when I was on the AACA national board, the thing that I really liked was uh, the involvement with the the kid, the youth programs and and stuff like that. And that it's really good to hear that you guys are are staying and getting as many young people involved because, as you know, we really need it. Oh yeah, don't and that's that's been our uphill battle is getting uh, the kids involved and interested in it. Um, it's, it's it's difficult. They appreciate the cards, but there's so much history, you know, an American history. I mean, our country, um, you know, what, what we did over the last hundred years, and, and, and it's involved with the automobile. So that's what we really try to push with them. Yeah, just, you know, just for, for thoughts, you might want to get a hold of, of, of Antique Automobile Club and Horseless Carriage. They both have youth coordinators that have programs, stuff, and things that might help you put on some sort of a, an activity for the the young people in your area, uh, and and it's and it's it's no charge, of course. But but both of them, both of those those organizations, they do they they do a lot trying to get as many young people involved. Anyway, some of the cars that you have, I I really it really pretty interesting to me. The 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 one I like is the uh, uh, the Tucker. Yes. Yeah, I think that's kind of interesting. How did you guys end up with a brand new Tucker? Well, that's another one of those we looked into. Um, Mr. Burdick knew a, a Curtis Foster uh, out of League City, uh, just south of Houston, and uh, he'd known Curtis for a number of years. We actually, at the old other museum, housed uh, number five. Curtis owned uh, Tucker number five. It was a green one. Um, had there for many many years, and then Curtis um, uh, sold it. I think it's in Tallahassee now, and uh, he had number fifty also, and it was in. Um, it had been uh, pretty rough, you know, when, when Tucker closed down, it was the last car on the line that they could kind of get complete, and it was missing some sheet metal in the back and the transmission and, and a bunch of just other pieces that weren't quite there, and um, it kind of bounced around to a couple of different owners, and then Curtis had it, and uh, he restored it, got it to uh, uh, the condition it is now, and actually uh, John O'Quinn out of Houston uh, was going to purchase the vehicle. And uh, Curtis got it ready and delivered it to O'Quinn's warehouse, and they started bickering about price and, and pieces and parts and whether he didn't need, uh, John wasn't happy with the way it was done, and Curtis wasn't happy about John not being uh, happy, and they went back and forth, and finally uh, Curtis got tired of it and called Mr. Burdick and said, hey, I got a Tucker down here, do you want it? And uh, in, in three hours we were in Houston <laughs> with a truck and trailer. So we were very lucky to get it, and uh, it is kind of the, the jewel in the crown of what we have because it only has a half a mile on the odometer. Yeah, you, yeah. I don't know if you're you're aware of, but uh, that guy, uh, his name was Kamak. Yes. Yeah. He he. When he died, he willed all of his Tucker's Tucker's parts, literature, memorabilia, everything he had to the AACA National Museum in Hershey, and they're having in September a grand opening party for for that part of the museum it's going to be pretty cool i've been through it to see what they're doing but i you know tucker stuff this guy they he had it all that guy now it's all living in the ac they build a building for it just for those cars and his stuff i uh, i I was very lucky uh john tucker uh, preston's grandson came through here Mm -hmm. um about three months ago and i got to spend uh uh, i spent about half a day with him Uh, i think he got sick of talking to me uh but i had a great time and and he uh and his sons are working on uh, with the kamek and the aca to get that going yeah he he told me all about it. it's going to be amazing yeah that's going to be quite a setup especially because you know the the tucker's the tucker story is one of the more more interesting 
post-World War II automotive stories. Uh, good guy, bad guy, you decide. <laughs> I don't want to get involved in that stuff, but it, it's, a, it's a good story. And, you know, it made popular because of the movie, uh, which is kind of a good movie anyway. But... Uh, Anyway, I, as as Jim said, I I enjoy brass cars and brass car touring. I'm I'm not a a, a car show guy, even though I have o- almost 200 credits and on the national awards team for AACA. Uh, I'd rather see them on the road, and I'm not going to get overly excited if you have bolt B in hole A instead of <laughs> bolt A where it's supposed to be. I'd rather see them see them on the road. Uh, with this, I saw the the curb dash, and the curb dash is an interesting car by itself. What other brass era cars do you guys have? We don't have too many. Um, at the other museum, we had a bunch. Um, and then when we opened up this museum, the original concept was uh, 1929, which was the year that Mr. Burdick was born, uh, to 1959, which we kind of considered was the, the the golden years of the American auto industry, where they were just really doing everything right. Um, but then, uh, as we went along, we started getting earlier and earlier. We don't go anything newer than 59, but um, we started picking up some earlier cars. So we've got the 01 Olds. Um, we've got a, a 1916 Hudson Speedster. Now, it's, it's one that we built for the Great Race, so the body's not an original uh, Boattail Speedster, but the, the frame and everything is real 1916 Hudson. Um, other than that, we've got an 18 Milburn Electric, um, and we do have the only... Uh, Lone Star in existence, a 1919 Lone Star. A Lone Star, huh? It was actually built by Piedmont. By whom? By Piedmont. Okay. Yeah, I have no idea. Jim might know. He knows yeah, all those. Uh, well, uh, tell us about it. Where was? Where in Texas was it built? Well, it was. Uh, it's, it's a really neat story. It was uh, marketed as built and sold in San Antonio. All right. Um, and they had. I, I've got some some reprints of some of the advertising and things with it, and they. Well, we build our manufacturing plant, and we're building these cars here. Well, actually, it was back, built back in Lynchburg, Virginia, by Piedmont. Um, and oh. Piedmont used Hudson-designed bodies and lycoming um, engines in them. Okay. So Piedmont didn't even really build them. They just assembled them from other people and shipped them out. And Piedmont sold them as Piedmont's Bush and Alsace, were the, the other three brands besides Lone Star. Okay. And so this one made to San Antonio. They made about 100 cars over a, a couple of years, and they made actually about 3,000 trucks. And the, the few of the trucks are around, but this is the only uh, passenger. It's a four-door passenger car, touring car. This is the only survivor, huh? The only one. Well, I haven't been able to find anything, and, and that's one I've dug and dug and dug, and I can't find another one anywhere. That's interesting. I, yeah, because I read a book one time saying that there was uh, over 20,000 manufacturers in the U.S. that have made, you know, did their onesie, twosies kind of things mm-hmm. and went away. And there's a lot of lot of weird and odd ones out there. Do you guys ever drive or enter your cars in any of the like the AACA tours and stuff? No, we don't. Um, we used to early on in, in the museum's history, but we don't so much anymore. Um, we'd like to get them out, but uh, it's just uh, it's just a little difficult. We're we're a pretty small staffed museum, so uh, getting them out and going and and, and keeping them going is, is kind of hard for us to do. Uh, so we, we kind of focus more on, on um, keeping them here on the museum and keeping it going rather than, than getting them out. But whenever we do get a chance, we will sneak one out and, and have some fun. So. Oh yeah, that's the best part is, is dri- driving driving these 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 things around. I, I think that's that's pretty cool. Uh, oh yeah, oh yeah. 
Wait a second. I say you have a restoration shop. Now, tell me about the restoration shop because I do, other than paint and upholstery, I, I try to do everything myself for the most part. Um, what Do you guys do it for the public or just your own stuff? Just our own stuff. Uh, we, we, we just just do ours, and, and we do full restorations. We've got a few uh, few cars on the floor that we've done complete round up. We've got a 1932 Model B um, uh, five-window that we actually built from three different cars, uh, put together three of them to get that one together. Uh, so we, we've done that on, on several occasions. We've got a couple of projects. We've got a, a 48 Nash. Uh, uh, it's a uh, custom convertible in the back that we're, we're working on now. We're rebuilding the engine on it. And um, so we got we got a few projects always always going in the back, but what, what we try to avoid anything that involves interior and paint just because of the cost. Yeah, the co- uh, mechanical I, stuff is easier and, and oh more yeah, cost yeah. I just went to pick up some touch up paint. I, this is kind of a weird story, but uh, a guy came into the Manapa Martin Senor to get a gallon and a half to paint his forty Ford of the best. He told him he wants the best red that you can get, and he gave him the model the the deal and. The guy told him, I said, okay, I'll get it for you if you see it as expensive. He said, oh, that's okay. $1,200 for a gallon and a half of red paint. And it took a while for him to get paid because the EMTs couldn't get this guy awake once he told them. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't believe it. Yeah. But anyway, it's, uh, I know the restoration cost is is, is uh, really difficult. It's very nice that you don't have to rely on outside outside people, uh, and you can do most of the most of the mechanical stuff anyway. Uh, with it, well, we're we're very lucky. Uh, uh, Ray Terry is our, our mechanic, uh, and he's been with her, with uh, Mr. Burdick since the '80s. He did uh, all the great races with him, um, and and Ray is just kind of a guru. Uh, if he can't find it he can make it uh and it doesn't matter if it's it's you know from the early teens up until modern stuff he can he can work and fix anything it's, it's absolutely amazing watching them work yeah those kind of guys you know and the sad thing is is what, what we're what are we in this hobby going to do when those people are gone you know that's yeah. that's the sad thing and and one of the things that i try to do as much as possible is try to get some of the younger talented people apprenticed or somehow involved in picking up these skills because uh, you know other than a few colleges there's just not going to be many people available to do this kind of stuff no, uh, no there's not. And, and I've even noticed like uh, uh, chrome guys it's real hard to find a lot of uh, people that do good chrome and that's because a lot of the old, old chrome guys are retiring and then you're losing that skill and that technique and if you find them you it's a second mortgage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the other problem. Yeah, yeah, because I have a friend of mine that did a Buick Limited, 57 Bu- and that's supposed to have the most chrome of any car ever made in the United States. Oh, wow. And, he, and this is a while back, and his chrome plating bill at Graves over in Alabama was over $20,000 in just chrome plating for that car. Yeah, and that was, like I said, a while back. Anyway, let's uh, uh, some of the other cars that you you that you you have in your stuff. I like I said, I'm more interested in the the, the earlier stuff. Um, you have a Model B. That's an interesting car by itself. A Model B. Tell I mean, tell everybody what a Model. Everybody knows a Model A. I mean, even even 
you know, people that know, oh, that's a Model A. If, if they, every every old car is a Model A or a Model T to 99% of the people anyway. Yeah. Uh, but tell everybody what a, what a Model B is. Well, in, the, in 32, uh, Ford switched from uh, just four cylinders to uh, they actually offered the, the, the uh, flathead V8. And the Model Bs were the four-cylinder version. So you could either get the Model B, which was the four-cylinder, or the Model 18, which was the, the flathead V8. We do. We have a, a Model 18, a 32 Model 18 Roadster, and then the uh, the Model B, and then we've got a 31 Model A. So you can kind of we have them side by side, so you can kind of compare and contrast the shift from the 31 to the 32 and see the differences. Mr. Right. Moxley says it's break time. I'll, I'll come back and we'll finish on these cars. Okay. Are you into classic cars? Do you own a classic car? If so, you need to know J.C. Taylor Insurance, the absolute best place in the country for classic car insurance. They own classic cars, they support the industry, and have the best prices bar none. Go to jctaylor.com, get a quote, and tell them you heard about them on Radio Sandy Springs. Hi, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schertz, every Thursday morning at 8 a.m. and listen to The Doctor's Lounge, where you get a private insight into the conversations that doctors have amongst themselves. Join us Thursday, 8 a.m. every week. With all the back and forth in today's politics, it seems as though the Constitution gets lost in the mix. If you want to brush up on your Constitution, then join Michael Conley every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. for the show Our Constitution on AmericasWebRadio.com. This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Okay, we're ba- we're we're back, and we have Tom Fort Fortney from uh, Dick's Classic Car Garage in what is it? San Marcos. San Marcos. Yeah. Oh, okay. San in Texas, and they have an interesting collection. And if you get down in that area, I think it'd be worth everybody to to uh, uh, stop by and 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 take a look because they do have some unusual. Unusual cars, some Duesenbergs that Jim's already talked about with it. Um, but anyway, back to the Model A's and Model B's. I, I'm not sure, but didn't they have a Model C and a Model D too? They made slight changes to that car before the four cylinders died. Um, uh, you know, I, I, I'm not sure. I know they had a D, which was early on before the A's. No, um, this is afterward. Had- this is a sequence of uh, of the 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 A, B, C, and D. If I may interject one thing here, the D was the note that Donovan gave when they cast the aluminum blocks. Donovan was a speed speed equipment manufacturer, and they made what they called a Model D version of the engine. And that block was like $5,000, and it was aluminum. It was like buying an Offenhauser. Cool. Yeah. So yeah, I've had a. I did not know that. And, and I sees. I think were commercial trucks, weren't they? I'm not sure. I'm yeah. not sure. I've had a Model A for years and years and years and years, and it's probably the best antique car that anybody can buy. There's probably. I don't think there's anything better than a Model A. And if I may interject, it is a sweet one. It's a nice one to drive, and Steve drives it, and he enjoys it. And I've had the privilege. Not this of, week. Well, not this week, but I've had, <laughs> I've had the privilege of. Uh, taking care of the detailing on it when he first got it so 
and driving it too, and it brought back some fond memories of my Model A. Anyway, yeah. it's back yeah. to you. Yeah, every, everybody, everybody in this hobby's had a Model A at one time. I think that that's that's part of the rules. You have to own a Model A if you're going to be in the old car hobby. Uh, anyway, so we go up to the Duesenbergs. What other interesting? Well, let's just pick a category. Let's start with with uh, you. You've talked about your twenties cars, right? Yeah. All right. What about thirties? What do we have in the thirties that's kind of cool? Oh, well, we've got a uh, two thirty-one Cadillacs. We got a three fifty-five V eight Roadster and a four fifty-two A V sixteen Sport. Whoa! Thing. Now that's oh. that's a wonderful car. Oh yeah. What body? Oh, yeah. Uh, the, the, which one? On the, on the V sixteen, what body? Uh, it's it's the Sport Phaeton, the dual the dual Phaeton. Factory, factory body. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, factory body. And it's a thirty one. Thirty one. Thirty one. I I I have a, a friend in Virginia, and I got a chance to to drive a a, a Roadster V sixteen. I'll tell you what, you don't even. He showed me one time, then they I guess. One of the things that they did when they they showed them in the dealership was they put a glass of water on the engine, and the water glass doesn't even ripple. No, it doesn't. And and this one when we got it is the same way. It uh, you couldn't tell it was running. Um, it was so quiet and so smooth. Uh, it was it was running, and I walked up and and I put my hand on the fender, and I could just barely feel the vibration. Yeah, it's an amazing car, and and I think that was the. Those were the only, the Cadillac was the only one in the U.S. to have a V16 production engine. I think so, anyway. I'm not 100% sure, but I think they were. No, the, uh, Marmon Mar- Mar- had a V16. Oh, yeah, Mar- Marmons. You have Marmons? We have one of those. That's, that's what I know. Oh, do you? Yeah. Yeah. We got a, a, a 32. Yeah, we have a good friend who's uh, uh, in the, the head of the Marmon Club this year. In, oh, wow. uh, in uh, Huntsville, the Barnetts, Ron Barnett, a past AACA national president and stuff, his whole family and his kids picked up his interest, which is nice. And he oh, ha- they have three Marmons. But what I'm trying to find is a Roosevelt. No, we don't have one of those. No, those are really no. hard to find. My wife's a docent at, at a hall that Teddy Rose- at a place in Roswell where Teddy Roosevelt got married. And we're trying to find a Roosevelt car emblem to donate to the museum to show people with a, a picture because boy I've only ever seen one and I've never even seen one no yet. they're really rare and that was that was sort of like the the uh, cheap marmon that was the the, the 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 affordable marmon if you will like uh, you know like that was what was Pontiac the affordable Buick yeah, yeah. <laughs> sort of anyway yeah, I've got a 37 Cadillac that uh, we enjoy driving around. That's a smooth car, even though it's a, a small series, 60 series with the V8, but that's still not very small. What other 30s cars? Well, we got a 31 Chrysler CG LeBaron, another dual Calphaton, and that's probably our, our most award-winning car. That's won a bunch of several uh, best-in-show um, concourse events. Really? Uh, absolutely stunning, yeah. Yeah, Chrysler had some 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 beautiful stuff. Oh, yeah. That was a 12-cylinder, wasn't it, Tom? Um, hold on, I'm trying to remember. No, they're red, they're red, no, red, a, red head 8s. Eight. 8s? Yeah. Yeah, okay. red 8. Isn't that the one, the Chrysler, the one that, 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 that sort of like Jaguar, the color of the head designated the, the performance level? I believe so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think so, because I have, a again, another buddy with a 29 uh, LeBaron Imperial Touring Car that belonged to the King of Norway that... 
he has retired from the show circuit. <laughs> Finally. Because nobody else could win. And those are absolutely stunning cars. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah this when, when you see beautiful. those things. Any history on this one? Because they were only bought, they were very expensive when they were new. I don't have too much of the old history. Um, I know that it was owned by a, a, a Chrysler executive, I want to say Daryl Davis, um, who had the restoration uh, done on it. Uh, when, when it about late nineties uh, was when they had it and it hit the tour circuit, and that's when uh, that's the only real information I have on that. Do you ever bring your cars to AACA national meets to show? No, um, we don't. I, I, we'd love to, uh, and we're, we're talked about it some. But um, once again, being there's only really four of us here at the museum, uh, full time employees, so it's kind of hard. It's to, a, to yeah, break it's, away. It, it is. It is hard to. To do that kind of stuff. All right, what other thirties cars? Well, we've got a uh, um, well, we got an L twenty nine, a nineteen twenty nine L twenty nine Cord. Um, Stepping back a little bit, and then we've got a uh, thirty five Auburn Boat Tail. Uh, uh, we got a thirty six Cord Convertible, a thirty six Indian Motorcycle, um, thirty eight Hudson Terraplane Truck. That's a really that's a rare bird, isn't it? Yeah, I've, I've dug around, and I've only been able to find uh, one other restored one. Um, there's a, several in, in um, the Boneyards. You can find a, a couple of them in the Boneyards, but I haven't been able to find any others, at least on display. Yeah, that one is a, is a really good But the cords, the L29, did you ever, you know, as you go through stuff, have one car that you've seen at a car show or at a museum that sticks out in your mind is probably the, the, the most beautiful Antique car you've ever seen? Uh, for me, it's it's the 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 cord, the eight ten. The I, I saw one. I, I'm actually originally from Michigan. Oh, um, and uh, I, I went to the Henry Ford when I was little. Uh, everybody place. does in Michigan. If you're a school kid in Michigan, you go to the Ford. I've actually been several times, almost every year when I was little. And uh, they they had a, a eight ten there, and it was just it, it blew me away. I had never seen anything like it. Yeah, um, yeah. Have you so. been to the ACD Museum? No, I have not. Yeah, that's that's worth a trip. But anyway, the my my one I can see this car uh, uh, today. It was an L twenty nine convertible all weather sedan, um, and it was a cream color with the blue. With all of the the accents on the car were a light blue, and it was just stunning. And that's the car that I, every time I think of my favorite car, that's the one. And L twenty nines are just beautiful. People don't know that that Cord built other cars other than the coffin nose cars that you that everybody's familiar with. Oh yeah, yeah. The L well, twenty. You know, uh, the Baron likes that, like Cord styling and, and that thirty one Chrysler that we have. Yes. Um, if you look at the front of that compared to the front of that L twenty nine, and they're almost identical. Really. Um, yeah, yeah and, and that's something I'd noticed. We had them side by side for a little while, and and they 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 uh, LeBaron really mimicked cord styling in the front end of those cars. And you had an Auburn boat tail. Yes, that's a cool car. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we have a, a good buddy that drives. His name is Mike Hoffman, and he drives a Auburn boat tail as a daily driver. He puts about twelve thousand miles a year on his car. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it goes across country. Uh, matter of fact, they're going to the Arctic Circle in that car next year. He and his wife. Oh wow! Uh, <laughs> and it's never broken. That's a chilling <laughs> thought. Yes, it is. <laughs> Absolutely. But that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
I can't remember. Maybe you and Jim would know. What was the base car for Auburn Cord Duesenberg? Of course, Duesenberg wasn't, but was it Auburn or Cord, which was considered the Chevrolet? Auburn. Auburn. Auburn? Yeah. Yeah, it, it was the, the they they marketed it as the affordable sports car. The the Bowtails were the affordable sports cars. Uh, the way I always looked at it is um, Duesenberg was the luxury car. Cord was the technological car. And Auburn was their kind of everyman car. It's the way, at least my, my take on, on that company. Yeah, we have in Atlanta right now uh, the the dream car exhibit that's, cir- that's circulating throughout the country with all of the concept cars. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm sure it'll probably come to Dallas at some point. And they have a Gordon Burig car, uh, one of his concepts on display, and it has that same goofy little gear shift that the that the uh, uh, 810s and 812s had, you know, the little... the little. It's thing. called a pre-selector. Whatever. Pre-selector, yeah. uh, Tucker actually has those, too. Do they? Yeah. yeah. I can't remember. Yeah, uh, Tucker used core, da- core transmissions. Yeah, a Kotal gearbox is where it started with in France. But which, it's really weird Which looking. was an electromagnetic yeah, gearbox. Yeah, the, electro, the electric yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah it's, that, that's pretty cool stuff. So you're into motorcycles, too, huh? Uh, we have a couple. Uh, we're not real big in them. We, we just got the Indian, and we've got a 42 Harley. 42 Harley. Have you been to, to uh, see Coker's stuff the, up in Chattanooga? His, his col- Corky's collection of motorcycles, fabulous. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is. It's, it's incredible. Yeah, he has an amazing collection of motorcycles. All right, we've skipped there. What about 40 stuff? Let's let's see what you got for 40 stuff. <laughs> we got some good stuff, too. Um, you know, a, a little bit of everything. we got a, a 1940 Chris Craft Barrelback boat. Wow. Oh, that's cars. gorgeous. I mean, there is nothing prettier than a wood boat. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, we've got a 41. Uh, actually, we have two 41 Packards, uh, a 110 uh, Woody and then a 180 uh, Darren Victoria. Oh, wow. That Darren is gorgeous. Yeah. Oh, it is. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, cool it's, it's, the green, it, it just knocks your socks off. It's beautiful. Cool stuff. Wow. Now, uh, we got a, a 40 LaSalle uh, that's almost all original. It's been repainted once. But has that got the weird front end on it? Yeah, yeah. That, that was the year they, they redesigned it for 1940 and then canceled the, the cars right after that. <laughs> they had to. <laughs> I mean, it's an odd-looking front end on those things. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh, the Hot Riders love those grills, but um, um, it, it definitely is a unique front end. Yeah, yeah. Cool stuff. So we've got a, a matching Lincoln, the 42 and the 47 uh, V12 Continental Convertibles. Beautiful. Yeah. Just, um, yeah, those are and nice that, we use that for the World War II display, which, you know, you're talking about the kids. That's one of the things we try to – and it's, it's funny. The younger generations don't know that America quit building cars in the 40s for World War II. And Pretty much, yeah. And military vehicles. There's an interesting book out. The author is A.J. Baime, B-A-I-M-E, and it just came out, and it talks about how the American industry switched from being just basically – commercial to wartime and converted everything especially the airplanes mm-hmm. and the big willow run plant in outside yeah. of detroit and they were they were spitting bombers out to an hour i know it's incredible yeah but bame's book is is phenomenal and if you ever get a chance it just came out i can't think of the the, the title of it it escapes me, but... Spitting uh, out bombers. Yes. Yeah, no. <laughs> but A.J. Bame, he also wrote a book about Ford's competition with Ferrari at Le Mans. He's a That's good a good writer. story. That's yeah, a good yeah. story. And, and Bame, oh. I ordered the book. 
you can get it through Amazon. But uh, it, it talks about the industrial uh, changeover from being a commercial business into being a wartime production. I anyway, think, yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry to I, interrupt. No, no, that's but. fine. That's fine. It's a, that, that's an interesting time. I, my understanding is that only, only Packard made a few cars, staff cars and stuff during World War II. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Tom, we got to take a break. We'll be right back. Okay, okay sounds good. Are you into classic cars? Do you own a classic car? If so, you need to know J.C. Taylor Insurance, the absolute best place in the country for classic car insurance. They own classic cars, they support the industry, and have the best prices bar none. Go to jctaylor.com, get a quote, and tell them you heard about them on Radio Sandy Springs. Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation, which since 1979 has been watching out and, when necessary, taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating to protect our constitutional rights. USJF, a nonprofit organization, is nationally recognized not only as a watchdog, but many in the government, as well as those involved in legal cases, have also called the USJF a bulldog for the tenacious approach in their presentation and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you. Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. And we're back on the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. Uh, Tom, I wanted to get my two cents worth in before, the, all of the, before these guys take everything away and just mention the fact that um, your all's website is fantastic. It's dicksclassicgarage.com, and uh, you can go and get a good idea. You all have a library, which I think that's uh, unusual for a, a museum, uh, a car museum anyway, but I think that's a great uh, Tell us just a little bit about your website and what people can uh, get from it, if you don't mind. Oh, we've got a little bit of everything on there. Uh, we do have a list of all the vehicles, so if you go to the website, you can see everything we have on display. It's got a little bit of the, the, the history of Mr. Burdick and the, and the museum itself, and uh, we keep adding to it. It's, it's a work in progress. We just got the new one up, so um, there will be more and more content coming soon. I'm going to have videos um, more photos of the cars and things like that. So um, it's soon to be a, a real uh, a wealth of information, and we're just kind of fleshing it out now. So. Oh, great. Well, I'll turn it back over to the uh, two geniuses of the automobile, automobile uh, industry. So we were talking about 40s, and you, you said you had two Continentals. Yeah. Both yeah, we actually uh, both, both them around a 43 uh, Ford Jeep. Um, so we've got that, and that's kind of our, our World War II display where you show the the 42 Lincoln and the 47 Lincoln are, are basically identical cars with some chrome changes, um, and that's you know, and that leads into the Tucker story and why Tucker was such a, a threat to the auto industry because he had a new car, and they were making cars the same ones they made before the war they were building after the war. Oh yeah. Well, and the other thing is, of course, Tucker started preaching safety, and he had a padded dash and and tried to protect the passengers. Yeah, yeah, laminated windows, pop-out windows. And yeah, the pop-out windows are interesting, right. yeah. Right, right. Yeah, pop-out. All right, what other 40s stuff? Any late 40s stuff? 
Oh yeah, yeah, and then we're we're real more heavy into the the late forties, early fifties cars. We've got a forty-seven Ford uh, Super Deluxe Sportsman convertible. That's um, a that's a cool car. How, how many oh, Sportsmans yeah. were made? There weren't that many made, were there? I don't have a number offhand, but there no, there weren't a lot of them. And, and I love the story in that one. And that's you know that uh, Ford had all that leftover wood from the gliders from World War Two, and they needed a new body style, so they just slap the extra wood on the side of a, of a, a 47 Ford called it the Sportsman and charge an extra, like $700. Yeah, and, and, and Brother Henry was not going to let anything go to waste. Oh, no, no. He, he used every bit that he got. He used it. <laughs> well, he was the first guy to recycle. I yeah. mean, you, the parts boxes, the wooden parts crates were, were built to spec so they could use the wood in the floorboards. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was, he was an uh, incredible businessman. He, he yes. knew what he was doing, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, he was a... Any, any, any cool fit? Now, the 50s stuff, you start getting into rock and roll. Any any good any good 50s? Cool, cool oh, we 50s got a lot stuff. Cool we got a, 50s stuff. Oh, yeah, well, we got a 1950 Mercury Coupe. Uh, absolutely beautiful. Now, is it chopped? Um, is, we, is it chopped and got skirts no, and leg no, and pipes the, and... <laughs> That's the best part of it. It's it's all it's, it's original. Beautiful. Right I know a guy that'll be there to pick it up. He'll be bringing his torch. He'll be there Monday morning. Yeah, his name's yeah, Bugsy. We, we, I, I had to I had to put some barbed wire around it to keep the customizers away from that one. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's the car to have. That one in the fifty fifty four Ford is the other one. They well, do? well, uh, no, Ford. Yeah, well, in the shoeboxes. Yeah, forty nine. Yeah, yeah forty nine fifty one. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we got a, a 51 Ford convertible right next to it, too. Oh, wow. Can you... Uh, how we got can a, you... a 1950 Nash Ambassador right, na- uh, right between those two, too. So. Yeah, I like the weird stuff when you start getting into Nashes and Hudsons and Kaisers and all the weird stuff. Yeah, we've got a 51 Kaiser Golden Dragon. That's absolutely That's a cool, cool. car. Oh, wow. That's, a, that's an interesting car. Yeah. yeah, and that's another all-original one. Uh, the top was repainted. Uh, and that also came from Curtis Foster, the gentleman that uh, uh, he donated that car to us, the one we got the Tucker from. Is it? Uh, and it has a neat story. It was bought by a physician back in the Northeast. He drove it down to Florida and built a room around it inside his house, and that's where the car sat. Why? Wow. Why? Uh, he, he, he loved that car. He just absolutely loved it. It only has, um, I think, sixty or 70,000 miles on it. When Curtis bought it, um, he actually had to go and tear down a wall in the house to get the car up. That's really, that's a weird story, isn't it? Yeah, is well, it? I, I know a guy that has a head. My Maxwell was in Ernie's den. Was it really? Yeah, they put it up on the deck. Oh, for God's sake! It in. Yeah, yeah. Huh. is your uh, Kaiser? Is it painted in Art Deco colors too, like teal it's, and? It's, it's the green. It's uh, the green. The, the two-tone green. With yeah, the green dragon skin interior. Oh, I love it! I love it. It must have been hard to catch that dragon. Yeah. I know. Well, I would hate to skin a dragon. Speaking of that, Steve wants to know if the Nash is the one that folds down into the beds, the seats. Yes, it does. Oh, oh the driving car. Yeah. Yes, oh, yes. stop. <laughs> we, got a, we have a, a customer that comes through, uh, um, uh, Mr. Helbush, and he said his best friend's um, mom had a 50 Nash, and it was about 1955, 56. And what was the kid's name? <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, he went to go pick up his date, and, and the mom walked the girl to the front door looked at what he was driving. Driving, pushed her back inside and said, 
no daughter of mine will ever date a boy that drives a Nash. <laughs> well, that and the Studebaker champions were in the seats laid down, and yep. it had the beer coolers built in the rear in the rear armrests. <laughs> yeah, you pick the, you put that little flip it up, and you drill three holes in the bottom of each side, fill it up with ice, and put your beer in there, and the seats laid down. What a wonderful! I only heard about things like that, though. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But you're hard of hearing, huh? <laughs> You got any, any any of the fifties weird Studebaker cars? They had some weird we, stuff. We got a fifty one Studebaker Champion convertible, and we've got a, a President Speedster too, a fifty five. That's a gorgeous car. Yeah. If, if if you guys, anybody listening, has not seen a, a, a Speedster, they are just probably one of the best looking fifties cars ever made. Oh yeah, they're yeah. just. And we got beautiful. a, a fifty six uh, Golden Hawk too. Yeah, the hawks are the hawks are pretty cool. I had I've had a couple of aunties and 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 I had a, a couple of the the uh, Starlight Coupes, the fifty ones. You can't tell the front from the back, so I had to have a license plate made that said front. So, because <laughs> I've been accused of not knowing whether I'm coming or going most of the time anyway. So, uh, with this stuff. All right, now we're getting up into the. How about some of the muscle car stuff? That's where the interest lies today, muscle car stuff. We don't have any. That, that, that's one that's that we stop at 59, and that's, cool. that's one of the big, the big questions we always get. But uh, we decided we didn't want to get into the 60s stuff. So. Good yeah. for you. Good. Yeah. A- I, I, any imports, any sports cars? Just the Bentley. Um, that's mm-hmm. the only one. And that's, that's kind of when we opened this museum, we decided to focus on uh, uh, the American auto industry. Um, and at one point, Mr. Burdick's collection, between his and the museum, we were almost at 300 cars. Wow. Um, and it was too much to maintain, um, and we just couldn't keep them all going. So we sold off uh, most of the collection. We're down to about uh, right around 100 now. And so we kind of chose the cream of the crop and, 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 and let a lot of the other ones go. And, and it, was, it, was, it was hard to see them go. Uh, we had some really neat stuff that we sold at auction about two and a half years ago. Uh-huh. How about Corvettes? 59. We have a 59 Corvette. A 59? Oh, yeah. solid yeah, axle. I, I'm, 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 a, I'm, a, I'm a solid axle fan. <laughs> Me too. My, uh, my, my grandfather actually was a, a test driver for General Motors in the 50s, uh, and he has the distinction of being the first man to blow up a blue flame motor on the test track in 1952. <laughs> you would, yeah, you would really have to try because they didn't go that fast. <laughs> he said he was in a, a 52 uh, Chevy Coupe, and he said he was coming off the super speedway about 80 miles per hour, let off the gas, and the whole bottom end of it just blew out. And that's the pit speed today. <laughs> that's, am- that's amazing. Hey, let me ask you a question before you go. Uh, and, again, yeah. we want to hear you, you give us all of your, your address. If I can get somebody from AACA to contact you, they can ask you some questions. And if, it, if would you be interested in putting an AACA uh, uh, rack uh, membership rack and your uh, brochure rack for your brochures and stuff that doesn't cost you anything they just come and put it in we would be honored to yes we would definitely yeah i'll have somebody that. get a hold of you uh about yeah, this do. stuff but i guess it's getting time so can you tell us again uh, all of the contact information well it's a it's dick's classic garage uh we're in san mark of texas uh the phone number is 512-878-2406 um the the physical address is 120 Stagecoach Trail, uh, San Marcos, Texas, and uh, zip code 78666. Um, the website's uh, Um We're open seven days a week, um, 10 to 5, Monday through Saturday, and noon to 5 on Sundays. And what about uh, during the year? What do you take off uh, Christmas and Easter and Thanksgiving? Or 
yeah, I think it's uh, six holidays. It's on the website. It's uh, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, um, Thanksgiving Day. Um, I think we're close Easter, and that may be it. And uh, will you, Day. will you, if if people call you, uh, Tom, will you line up for uh, uh, group tours and so forth? We do all of them. I'm actually doing a, a group tour today. I, I love to do those. It's a lot of fun. We'll do. Uh, private tours, group tours, uh, anything and everything. Just trying to get the word out uh, and, and show off some of these great cars that we have. All right, Tom, I got a question. If yes. if I come by and visit, because I do run up and down the interstate there, would you fire up one of the Duesenbergs and bring it out for me? I would love to, but oh. the fire marshal won't let us keep gas in the tanks. Oh. Um, well, could so we push we it out? The gas. Could, we, could we push it out, put gas in it? We might be able to work something out. Uh, <laughs> okay. Give me a heads up. I got, I got to, I'll have to sweet talk to Ray and um, clearing some space in the shop, but we can probably work something you out. You tell Ray we'll buy him lunch. <laughs> he can have his That'll own bag be. of fries. Jim spares no expense. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's really, it, I, I, I got to tell you, you've got about 10 cars there. I can't just do the L29. I've got to do the the Duesenbergs. I'm going to go to your website to look up the Frenet body Duesenberg, too. Yeah. Uh, Greta Garbo had one of those. So, you used to date her, didn't you? Yes, yes. Yeah, I well, I dated her mother. Oh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> as you can tell, it's a rough crowd here on Saturday yeah, morning. Yeah, so. <laughs> but, uh, and, and the other, interestingly enough, is the 3-liter Bentley. Um, that that of course anybody that can learn how to shift that transmission is uh, got to be an excellent driver. One last question before Dave makes this go away: If yeah. you had to okay. pick one for yourself, which one would you pick? You know, it's hard. It kind of changes as as the days go by. I am always the Tucker. Of course, is absolutely it's just the cream of the crop. But you know, you can't drive it because of the mileage. So um, um, I don't know. It's hard to say. Boy, uh, I, I can never pick a favorite. You need to run for public office with that attitude. <laughs> I would have to say probably the Kaiser Golden Dragon would be the one. If I could get out and have some and just drive, it'd be that Golden Dragon. Cool. cool. Beautiful. Well, gentlemen, with that being said, we are going to have to uh, jump. Well, wait a second. We got about one minute. To we go. got a minute. Would, would you any uh, quick takeaway, Tom? Just um, well, thank you guys. This, this has been great. I've had a really good time. And um, if, if you're in the area, please come check us out. Um, we, you know, we we're, we, uh, we have some great stuff. I, I talked to a gentleman that uh, kind of goes through all the museum and rates them, and he says that about forty percent of what we have on the floor you won't see anywhere else in any museum anywhere. Well, let, let me ask. I've got one quick question for you. Uh, as far as getting new cars in, if someone has uh, one they want to donate to you, or you all want to buy, how do do they just contact you and, and see if there's interest there? Donate yes, that yes, Explorer. please do. We, we, we're a nonprofit. We are a 501c3, so donations are always appreciated, and uh, we'll, we'll give it a good home. All righty. Well, with that being said, we are going to have to put the plug in the jug. Tom, thank you for joining us today, and uh, for everyone out there, stay tuned for Food and Farm, followed by America's Homegrown Veggies. We'll be back next week on the Classic Car Show. Stay tuned.